help support your local businesses, whether they are your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you are there, Look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Welcome to Seahawks Man to Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You guys know where to follow me. That's why I call it the Tweet Machine. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's CKID206. Chris, Seahawks games are never boring. They seem to always come down to the end. Well, except for week one. Uh, but even the defense had to intercept Matt Ryan to seal it. Uh, that happened again on Sunday when Ryan Neal, uh, bonus points if anyone knows uh, anything about Ryan for the most part, pretty unknown cat. Uh, Ryan Neal intercepts Dak Prescott to seal a 38-31 victory. And Chris, I want to set the scene here a little bit. After the Seahawks won on Sunday, like everyone pretty much had probably the same reaction, right? Fans, coaches, um players everyone executives yes the seahawks won this is great this is a great day this is a great moment it's fantastic russ was great shout out to ryan look at the pass rush at the end of that drive like this is a great moment and i'm sure the coaches the players the executives and even fans mm, i'd say on the average about 15 minutes i give it 15 minutes of jubilation of joy of just being elated Elation. Is elation a word? Let's go with that. Let's say it's a word. Um, all of that right after, uh, I say about 15, 20 minutes. And then, Chris, I think reality set in. And, oh, elation is a word? Nice. There you go. Um, I think reality set in. And I think to some extent, the reality is, whether you're on the team or, or you're a fan or whatever, it's probably some version of... We can't keep winning like this. That That's probably the gist of what everyone feels at some point. Even if you're super happy they won, if you're on the team, if you're a coach, you're executive, you're a fan, you're probably thinking right now, because you've, you've, you've calmed down off the high, I'm sure, um, unless you were, like, actually high, uh, then you might still be. I'm not sure. Uh, but by Monday, when we, when we drop this, you probably come down from the high, and you've realized we cannot keep winning like this and Chris everyone is right they will not keep winning like this I will say there is a time for everything and what I mean by that there's a time for new things to happen for example 
No team in NBA history is supposed to come back from three to one in the NBA Finals. It was done. I'm not saying this is the first year the Seahawks will win every game in fashion and go to the Super Bowl and win a championship based on the fact that they give up almost 500 yards to every quarterback that walks through <laughs> the, comes into Seattle or whoever they're playing against. But I will say this. They have proven to get stops when it's needed. They did it today against Dak. Yeah. It was a three-man rush. They were this close to sacking him. He fought through it and threw a pick. Mm-hmm. They've done that two weeks in a row where they've, on the last drive, they've stopped said team, whether it be Cam Newton or Dak. That is something that's a positive. Now, although, 100%. Although I do understand that, no, Chris, they don't win it in the first, second, or third, to Pete's Carroll's point, can you win in the fourth? Yeah, you can. They're winning in the fourth. They just got to figure out a few things. And those few things are key, but I'll put it this way. The way Russ is playing, I think that's something he can he can sustain. I don't know if he can throw five touchdowns every game. He that, won't. He won't. I can. That's how many. I think if you think you did the math, that's over seventy touchdowns. Yeah, season. someone in the press box. I think it was the homie Joe fan who was like, "Yeah, he's on pace for seventy-five touchdowns or something like that." <laughs> like Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right. Unless he plays the Cowboys every week, I don't think it's just it's just gonna happen that way, right? Right. But that is the the good news. I think Russ is gonna be very efficient. I think ultimately he'll end up throwing forty something touchdowns and seven interceptions for the season. That is something I do foresee happening. Okay. I see Chris Carson, if if healthy, he's going to end up getting in the end zone running the football, and they're going to try to get back to how they are in the postseason when it comes to grounding and pounding the game. They're still going to throw it, of course, but they're going to rely heavily on Chris Carson. I think they're using him a little different this year because they want him in the long haul, which makes a little sense. But I know your point is they can't do it all year. But just to shed some posit- positivity – this could be the first time in NFL history that we see a team like the Seahawks where they, damn, four straight weeks and they've given up. I'm, of course, assuming against the Dolphins they light it up. But a few, you know, four straight weeks that the Seahawks have given up over 300 passing yards and they win the game. Although I'd hope against the Dolphins they tighten up. But it's definitely a possibility. It's not all the. It's it's not something that's impossible. So that's a little smile for those listening that are saying, I see where you're coming with it. I see how you're coming at it, Chris. You're not too negative, but you're also saying that there's a possibility that the Seahawks do something that's never been done before. How do you feel about that, Mike? No, I, I mean I get it. That's the glass half full thing. That's fine. And I'm is it fine? I feel like I'm I'm pandering a little too much. Here. No, I mean I get it. You're still three and zero, right? Like it, <laughs> that is it's true. cool with a with a with a decent uh, point differential. Um, <laughs> I feel like if the if the Cowboys would have won the game, okay, thirty one to thirty or whatever. Let's say they even. Let's say they. They scored on the final drive and then went for two, right? One by one. I still think they would still have like a negative point differential for the year. I'm pretty sure, and they would be they would have been two and one, and then like that would have been a little weird, all right, to have a negative point differential and have a winning record. The Seahawks are still like point differential is pretty solid. I think they've what won they've won games by seven, thirteen, and five. Yeah, so like that that that's decent, right? But. The reason I say they can't keep winning like this is teams in the NFL are too good. And, I mean, there's some examples of teams who have, like, had bad defenses and really good offenses. The most recent one that comes to mind is the 2018 uh, Kansas City Chiefs, who were just slinging it. Like, Patrick Mahomes was like, I can score 35 if you need me to every week. Like, is that what we need? Then that's what I will do. And then, you know, Andy Reid and um, who was the uh, D.C. that they fired? Uh, was it Steve Spagnuolo? No, it was um, Rod Marinelli? 
One of those two. It's some some guy, some name I just know because I hear it on TV a lot. One of them dudes um, was like, yeah, man, our defense is kind of trash. So, yeah, Mahomes, can you throw 50 touchdowns? He was like, yeah, man, bet. That's kind of the situation the Seahawks are in right now. And it's not just I don't even want to be the Debbie Downer glass half empty, but I could just sense it after the game. I know a lot of you guys have written to me or tweeted me or whatever and told me you watch the, the Zooms and stuff because they're just they're publicly available. And if you watch them today, you could tell. Like, Russ was well, Russ was kind of hype. Tyler Lockett was like normal Tyler. You can't really tell most of the time with Tyler. Um, Pete was kind of his fired-up self for the most part. He didn't want to talk about the defense. Like, hmm. Alton Robinson was, was pretty, uh, uh, pretty much smiling. I think he had a mask on, but you know what I mean. Um, who's the other? Oh, Ryan Neal was like pretty jacked because that was like his first, you know, first NFL pick. Game, yeah. I, th- I don't know if that was first. He's been active before, but that was like his first time getting Big real club. burn. Yeah, and definitely his first interception. So, um, those guys were like, "Yeah, we, we good." And then, uh, then Bobby was on the Zoom, and then Shaq was on the Zoom, and I was like, "Something is wrong. Something is wrong." Because those guys, especially Shaq, I know Shaq had a pick. And Shaq's been, Shaq went the whole year last year playing the best year of his life. Didn't even get an interception. So I know he wanted a pick. And I know he wanted one against Dallas because Dallas burned him in that 2018 postseason. They just, Dak just treated him like the target, lit him up, boom, season over. Like he felt that all year. Came back, again, best year of his life. So I know he wanted a uh, payback. He picks off Dak. Like that's a big deal. He didn't. That didn't look. If you just didn't watch the game. Right, so imagine you don't watch the game. I want you to go watch like a couple minutes of Bobby and Shaq on the Zooms. You'd be like, "Did they win?" <laughs> they lose by fifty. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, as 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 like as gloomy as like Shaq's Zoom was, and this is a really upbeat guy. Both of the Griffin twins really are. Like, as as gloomy as it was, like you would think that they just got bounced from the playoffs. Yeah, like it was very, it was it was, it was very noticeably like. Again, gloomy is the best word I can think of right now. I already used my vocab up on elation. Uh, so I'm going to just go with gloomy a bunch of times. I think I think the realization hit them. We yeah, cannot. We, we can't. <laughs> bro, because they're giving up yards, bro. Like, yeah, it's this, not good. What, so what they give in the first week? 450? Yeah. 450 in the first week, 397? Yep. In the, in the second week, what's today? 472? And that's just passing. Yeah, if Dak would have scored a touchdown, it would have been damn near 500 yards. Yeah, they're not giving up a ton on the ground, which is like their goal, uh, which I think is a little bit problematic. But I understand the traditionalist way of viewing defense in that regard. But Jesus, those are bad. Like, you could see it. I think Bobby had a quote where he was like, it's not something I'm accustomed to, and it's not something I'm going to get accustomed to. Yeah. Like, we're going to stop these passes. And I love that mindset because that's what you want from your captain. Like, hey, you know, we have to ha- – also, I should say this. I don't think it's bad that the guys were, like, noticeably, visibly upset after the game, the guys on defense. Um, I couldn't get a read on Jaron Reed in terms of how he felt. Uh, probably somewhere in there similar, I'm sure. Uh, it's because – and not everyone was like that. Like, I talked to one defensive player after the game. He was like, hey, we won. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, you did. Winning is hard, but the vets know. Like, tell the truth Monday that they're having right now at the facility. Oh, it's ugly. I bet you it's ugly in there on defense. Ken Norton's in there cussing. He might throw something. Um, I think he broke a projector um, at halftime of their game against Green Bay on Monday night, Thursday night football. Like, no, it's it, it's going to get ugly because, Chris, Dak did whatever the hell Dak wanted to do against this defense, and now every quarterback – like, everyone who listens to us probably plays fantasy in some regard. 
the Seahawks have become the team like, oh, if your quarterback is playing them, you're about to get 30. That's exactly what it looks like. You mentioned week one, Matt Ryan and those receivers, they go off, and Matt Ryan has 450 yards. And then you're thinking, okay, the Patriots, they're going to be able to run the ball. That's probably it. They don't have anyone to pass to. Cam in the second half decides, oh, there's Julian Edelman and Demontre, I forget his last name. Bird. Bird, Demontre Bird. He has 100 yards. I mean, these are things that you can't have happen. And then the Seahawks today against the Cowboys, yes, we know about Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. But then there's a guy that I'd never heard of, and he ends up with nine catches. No, no, Cedric. Excuse me. Cedric had five, five catches, catches yeah. 107 yards. His name is Cedric Wilson, number 11, for those who are wondering. And had he two is. touchdowns. And it's and these are the things you can't have happen. You can't have a guy that's not even on your scouting report come out and give you drugs, meaning he just kills y'all. That just can't happen. And each week it's gonna get more of a, it's gonna be challenging because teams are gonna come out pass happy because they believe, like you just put up with fantasy. Oh well, we got Ryan Fitzpatrick. We might have a little Fitz magic here. If I had Fitz, I'd start him. That's that's the and shoot. That, I might pick him up. And the coaches are playing into that role of okay, we believe that we can pass on this team. The run defense seems pretty stout, but I think if our receivers, if they're going to blitz us, we have one on ones, and we like our we like our chances. We like the probability that our wide receiver can beat said corner, whether it be Trey Flowers if he's out there, or Quentin Dunbar, or Shaquille Griffin. We like what we see, or even Ugo Amadi. Whoever the case is, we like our one on one matchups, and they're going to attack that. The Seahawks have to get to that mindset where. You got to pick and choose who you're going to attack. You're not going to throw to Shaq's side because you know he is a good corner. You're not going to throw over the top because you know Jamal or Quandra is going to make a big play. We're going to try the left side because eh, it's better off than going at Shaq and the guys over the middle. That's not what it is right now. Dak is just like, oh, I'm going to throw it here. I'm going to throw it here. I like this matchup. I'm just going to chuck it. That's what it looked like today. Yeah, it, well, yes. Yes, it did. Or excuse and, me, on Sunday. Well, we know what you meant. Um and it's. I think it's going to continue to look like that. Oh, that's not good news then. To some extent, I don't know if the numbers will continue to be as gaudy as they are. Um, but I mean, Jesus Christ, some of these. And the 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 really bad part is like it's something different each time. Like, <laughs> not each time, but like in in, in the Falcons game, there was a lot of stuff outside the numbers. Yeah, that they were uh, getting beat on. Um, mostly because they're in that prevent, but still getting beat outside the numbers. And then Cam just kind of carved up the middle of the field a lot. Which is like where you don't want to have any problems, but and then today it was just like uh, mostly outside the numbers again, where they had all those all those plays. And what's happening, Chris, each week is we're losing the Seahawks defense is losing the benefit of the doubt each week, and that that's what it is. It doesn't get to a point. It gets to a point where you're like you can't say, oh, well, they just didn't have, or you know that was that team with that they got good. Well, you know they did. We did this because of the game plan. No. no, eventually it's just who you are. Now, is that the case three weeks in? Mm, there's a little bit of room for benefit of the doubt. We'll see. Even then, what if they put up a great game next week against Miami? Then it'll it'll be a new caveat. Yeah. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Right? Then so, they go up against Minnesota and Van Jefferson. He looked pretty damn good on Sunday. Other Jefferson. What's the other? No, it's the other Jefferson. It's oh, Justin a, Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. LS, LSU kid. Yeah. Like, there's always going to be so, and eventually it's going to be like, okay, this is who you are. Uh, I remember t- talking about this in 2018, um, when I think, I think they were four and five or something like that, and I think I think it was Doug or someone who told me like we're better than four and five, and I was like, 
No, you're not. <laughs> you are what your record says you are, man. Like for the for the for the most part, and they they turned it around after that. I Matter think. In fact, you're right. We did a whole podcast on that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's like, <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Like, I, I feel you. You're four and five, but you're not. Like, you you you're not better than your record. You are what your record says you are, and this is that is the case here. Like, they are what their record says they are. They are a team that is, for the most part offensive heavy and reliant on a few key defensive plays to win a game because i think they i guess uh, opened the show with they've what they picked off matt ryan on a hail mary to end that game uh they stopped cam at the goal line picked off uh and they picked off cam to a quentin dunbar no i'm saying that they, at the end of these games oh, okay, like yep. they're basically one or two key plays away and i guess in theory you could keep doing that they will beat te- they're they're the better team let me look at their schedule real quick you got miami next week better team yeah, the, be- the better team. Better team. Arizona. The better, better team. team. San Francisco. Better team. No, no, no. I don't know if they're better than San Francisco. Right now, the current state, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. Well, that that week is, what is that, week seven by then? Week eight. eight. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they'll look like by week eight. Either team, because the Niners are banged up. They should have Jimmy G back by then, though. Should have George Kittle back by then. They should have Sherm back by then. I don't know who else. I understand. Uh, but Buffalo, better team. Rams. I don't know if the Seahawks are better than Buffalo. Wow. Buffalo is Buffalo bad? Not bad, but I just think the Seahawks are a better football team. I haven't really looked at a ton of Buffalo. You know, they won today. Josh Allen had a good day. They beat the Rams. What's the difference between Seattle and Buffalo? The quarterback. I think Russell was a better quarterback. But then the Buffalo's defense is way better. Than way Seahawks. better. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay, fine. I give you that. <laughs> let's say they're better. Let's say they're better in Buffalo. What else we got on? The, who's all the Rams again? Uh, first week, first game against the Rams. Excuse me. I, I, w- I would say they're better than the Rams right now. Let me say they're better than Arizona. Mm-hmm. Better than Philly. Oh my God, <laughs> Philly is bad. F- Jalen Hurts will be started by that game. Did we say that? Was that one of the hot takes this year? We touched on it. We didn't give it as a hot take. We teased our boy Tyler about it. No, I feel like we talked about that. We might go back and look. I'm pretty sure we said Jalen Hurts will be starting by then. Or maybe I tweeted it and pissed off Philly fans. Might have been you. Oh, I'm going to go find that. And then also we play the Giants. The Seahawks play the Giants, and that's Seahawks a better team. They play the Jets, better team. Washington. Well, me and you just playing flag football on Sundays are better than the Jets. <laughs> Jesus. H. Christ. The Jets are bad. Looking at it, Mike, based on the schedule, the Seahawks are better than Almost everybody on this. Except for the, the debatable ones are what the Rams, Bills, and I'll and then Niners. I'll give, I'll give you the Rams and the Bills. And I don't, I don't know if I can give you the Niners right now at this current state. Just because I feel you when they come back. But even then, when it comes down to the quarterbacks, I trust Russ more than I trust Jimmy. And I think the Seahawks can create turnovers on Jimmy. All it takes is one or that one stop. And I think if you're going to have the Seahawks defense, if Russ goes down and scores and the Seahawks are up five, I think the Seahawks have it in the bag. Oh, I don't trust that at all. Uh, you got some trust in you. Uh, so the the point, the reason why I went through the schedule just now is to say, like, yo, okay, you can theoretically win like this because if you're the better team and you just play like the better team, then you should win. I don't necessarily think it stops just in the regular season, though. Like, eventually, this will come back to bite you. And I'd look at the, I've really been looking at the uh, since week one, looking at the Seahawks like the 2018 Chiefs. I don't know if all the numbers line up exactly the same. And maybe it's a little bit different. I think the defensive personnel on the Seahawks is better when healthy than that 2018 team. Because I don't think that team had Frank. I know it didn't have Frank Clark, and I don't think it had the Honey Badger either. So I think those were some like noticeable upgrades in their team that ultimately won the Super Bowl. But that team 
I watched them. They came here, Chris, on Sunday night, that Chiefs team. And I was like, you guys can't stop a nosebleed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was some dude who was like number 20. And uh, they just threw it at him all day. Like, Doug had a bunch of catches against him. I think that moonshot against, uh, the, for, to Tyler was against that dude. I think he plays for the Chiefs now. but Or, excuse me, the um, Steelers now. I can't remember his name. But the point is that I watched that defense. That defense stunk. Yeah. I remember doing Kansas City radio before that, and people were like, dude, our defense is trash. Good thing Mahomes can score 30. And in that game, the Seahawks scored, I think, 38 uh, to win that. And so, in theory, yes. You're right, Chris. The glass half full version is <laughs> that this team does get takeaways. I think they've had, well, at least one in every game. They've had, what, they, they've they been able to turn teams over on on downs a few times. Uh, they've been interceptions. They've, been, they've had plays in the backfield. You're right. One positive out of all of this, that, they are able to do it. And that, get plays, get and that's plays. that's what they were reliant on last year too. Yeah. Um, they were really the defense wasn't good last year, but what it did do was get turnovers when needed. They yes, needed to stop. It might have been thirty-three to thirty, but you know what? The Seahawks found a way to get the stop, and they're doing it this year. Hopefully, they can get better. That way, they're not relying on that, and they can just blow a team out. I mean, that should be an over under six and a half. How many blowouts would they have? Over under on that. Oh, way under. Jesus. Well, I mean, you look at the roster. I mean, you look at the schedule. The Miami Dolphins, that should be a blowout. Yeah, they they have a – should it? You know, at this point, Mike, we've already – Yeah, I don't – I don't. that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> nothing's nothing's in the bag if if you can't stop anybody. Yeah. You're just going to have to keep having Russ go out there. And then you know the injuries are going to keep piling up. That's the other thing. The whole league is dealing with them, so I don't think eventually every team is going to get, you know, bit by the injury bug because the injury bug is out there. The injury bug is COVID. Like, it is in every single, like, fabric of every game. Someone's getting hurt. It seems like someone's going on IR every week. It seems like someone of significance. It is really not just on the Seahawks. I'm talking about the whole league. So who knows? This season might just be a war of attrition, to be honest. I think I, we might have said that earlier this year. But I, I think it was very important that the tone of the – the, the post game kind of resembled what everyone else I'm sure is thinking. And even like um, someone, uh, a defensive player told me after the game, I was like, this shit is not okay. Like you can't, you, you, you can't just keep getting carved up. Cause here's where the really concerning part of it is. Right. And this is what I said. I would touch on later. Seattle's defense is built to stop the run. Right. That's what they, when Ken Norton basically builds a game plan, he's like, yo, we're going to stop the run. Make them one-dimensional, rush the passer, tackle well, force turnovers. They were stopping the run. They're probably like a top three run defense. They're number two. Well, they boom, elite, elite run defense, and it doesn't matter at all. That means even when they, you you know they're passing, you guys aren't getting there. And I was looking up some pressure numbers for the week. I don't know if I don't have the updated versions of these because we still have to see. The Seahawks are like in the middle of the pack in pressure rate entering this game. They were like 12th by ESPN and 15th by someone else. Um, I think that was uh, Sport Radar where I get some of my stats from. The problem is Jamal was doing most of that. Jamal was leading them in sacks. Jamal was getting all these pressures. What does that mean? You're blitzing a lot. That means they were uh, they were like top eight in blitz percentage. Uh, shout out to the homie Shield for giving me that stat before the game. Like there were the the numbers were there, but they were really reliant on one player basically. To get in blitzes to get that done. Be- and that's the scary part. You know it's coming and you're still getting carved up. You're you're achieving your goal. Make them one dimensional and then force them to have to throw it over your head. 
They are making teams one-dimensional and getting that damn ball thrown smooth over their heads. Like, how many times did they give up a goal ball today? Just like a burnt, like Michael Gallup, that dude we ain't heard of. It wasn't like, good. No, it, it's that's too why many I, times are look the corners are looking in the backfield and they're the the person they're covering is running full speed by them. That can't happen. And and so the other part of it is that Russ is gonna keep playing well. You're right. Everyone's right. Russ is gonna keep playing well. But there's gonna be that moment. I mean, what was it for that 2018 Chiefs team? Didn't they mess up on defense? They did. They do. What's the name? Was offsides. And they lost in the uh, title game. Like, eventually, it's going to hurt. Even if it doesn't hurt that, it'll hurt. It's just going to – you're just prolonging whatever it is. Like, everyone's probably wondering. It's like, okay, our defense is bad, but Russ is just going to throw 50 touchdowns. It would be straight, right? And Possibly. It's a huge possibility. Possibly. The problem is, in this year, with all these injuries and stuff, like, I don't know how many – if you can just be so reliant on one side of the ball, I think you actually do need some semblance of balance – because the way things are, like, they're running out of bodies on D. Yeah. I mean, as great as it was that Ryan Neal caught that, that interception, Ryan Neal was also in the game. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, how did we get here? How did we get here? My man got called up from the practice squad yesterday. Now he's on the field starting, or not starting, but on the field with the number one defense with the game on the line. Yep. That's not what they planned. They are down to, what, what number of safety is he? He's number three. Because Delano was out. Delano was out. Jamal got hurt. So he, I mean, he. That's their third string strong safety they had in the game. Against the against the Patriots, they were they played their third string free safety in Lano Hill. Because Marquise is their backup. So you got third stringers in the game in the first three weeks. No, man. Like, this is going to keep getting worse. Like, some dudes might come back, obviously, too. But this is, this is you have to assume this is going to be a pattern just because what we're seeing across the rest of the league. So I can't really – it's great that they won. It's great that they're 3-0. and And they're the better team on their schedule for most of the year. The problem is if you're just the better team by – because Russ can throw five touchdowns, <laughs> that's not – does it make you better? You know, like Josh Allen, that's why I thought the Bills was an interesting one. Josh doesn't need to throw five for the win. He can't throw five. But <laughs> – he doesn't need to either because he's got a nasty a nasty defense. So I, I, it's, it's hard for me to be really optimistic about this, even though they won a game. It's probably like the darkest our podcast has sounded after a win. But <laughs> No, I feel it. But let's, let's add some joy, Mike. You, re- you mentioned Ryan Neal. Let's talk about those young players stepping up. And I thought the headliner was Ugo Amadi. I even tweeted that he has improved so much from last year. Today he had two passes defense. And he had six tackles. I mean, he was just all over the field making plays. Alton Robinson, he had one sack. He stepped up. He's finally getting some play. And a lot of people were wondering, where has he been all this time? He he needs to be playing week in and week out. And hopefully his performance today will alter him to see the field more often. And then Shaquem Griffin, he was flying all over the field today as well. I mean, he had a huge, well, I think it was a third down third down stop. Maybe the second down, and going to third down, it was might have been a flag, but I think ultimately these young guys really stepped up and they played well, including Ryan Neal, who had the game sealing interception, and that's 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 good. That's good to see. Well, yes, the uh, that is. I sound really doomy and gloomy. No, that's you sound, uh, I've been around the block a little bit. Honesty, man. You're just keeping it 100. You're letting everybody know that ultimately against another good football team, if they don't have this defense figured out. Russ can definitely throw three or four touchdowns, 
But the Seahawks are going to be losing by way more points because they can't get off the field. And maybe a turnover here and there. Maybe because Russ can throw you. We saw what happened with DK. What if DK fumbled the football? That's not on Russ. Russ can definitely throw you the ball all the time, and he can do. He can have a great game. But if guys are fumbling the football or our special teams has a bad day, that's not on Russ. Or if the ball hits your hands and then it turns it, into a pick six. Right? I mean, those are things that just can happen against other teams that are better. And a prime example would be on the schedule. Buffalo Bills, for example, perfect example. Russ can play a great game, right? But if DK drops a pass and that's intercepted by Tredavious White, special teams gets a field goal blocked and the Buffalo Bills running for a touchdown, that's that's swings right there. Those are points that are given up, and that that's not on Russ. Now you're in a deficit. You're in a hole. And if they're good, if they're going to do that against good teams, it doesn't matter what Russ does. No, yeah, you're right about that. I I, I think. So don't be down on yourself, Mike. No, I'm. I know why I'm feeling. I'm not the only one who feels this way. I'm judging judging by the questions that we got submitted too. We oh, definitely yeah. ain't the only one <laughs> thinking this. And because I think Shaq and Bobby like visibly showing it, like valid. Because I was thinking it, and then when I I didn't even ask either one of them a question today because I was just watching them. I was waiting for Shaq to perk up. I was waiting for the question to get him at hype. Like there were some softballs that we threw him. That usually would get him hype. Asking him about his brother. That's usually like a guaranteed smile. Asking him about Ugo. That's his dog. It's like a guaranteed smile. Asking him about interception or something. About winning the damn game. Nope. He wasn't having it. He wasn't he having knows. it. Yes. Because he knows. Like Bobby knows. And like like KJ and Jay Reed. And Benson Mayoma knows. Uh, and I mean even Quandre knows. Man. Hell. Anybody who's watching football knows. You just can't be Swiss cheese on the back end. And think you're going to keep getting it done when it matters. I think that's the important caveat we should add here, too. It's like, yeah, 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 it'll get through the regular season probably. But are you going to get through even your own division like this? The division is still scary. I know the Cardinals lost today. I didn't watch it. Um, But, I mean, and the Rams lost, too, and the Niners are still really beat up. But you know those guys are going to give the Seahawks one hell of a fight. And that's just kind of where I'm at. When When I left the stadium, I'm like, damn. This is this is a problem. This was like a this is a bittersweet day. If depending on what side of the ball you like care about more, um, but the positive that you're saying, Chris, you're right. The four dudes you shouted out were all on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Ugo played probably the best game I've seen Ugo play. Um, what he had through the first half, he had two targets, broke them both up. Yep, huge, huge plays. I think they were both on third down as well. Actually, I know they were. So, I mean, Ugo's helping them get off the field, which is what I wrote in my preview that was a big deal. Yeah, you put um, him as your X-Factor, right, wasn't yep, it? Yep, yep. I've been kind of on the money with the X-Factors, except for uh, week week two, I think I was <laughs> they off. let you down. <laughs> I forget who I said it was. Well, actually, I think I said it was Greg Olson, and... He let you down. He wasn't in a. He wasn't the X factor in a good way, because that ball hit in his hands. Yeah, that did. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so he let you down. But I did. Th- my keys to the game have been kind of on point. I've been pretty good at projecting these. Alden Robinson. I don't know why he hasn't been playing, but I knew he would play well. He was like the best dude in camp rushing the pass. It was like him and Benson, like the two best yeah, pass rushers. You definitely talked about Benson being. Yeah, Benson. Benson was a dog. Everybody. I mean, and Benson's been solid. Yeah. Um, through through the season. Um, he almost had a sack today. Yeah, had yeah. Zach wrapped up. Um, Just bring him down. Yeah, he caught the. Uh, he recovered the fumble that Jay yep. Reed forced. Like no, Benson's been Benson's been doing doing his thing. He just got to wrap up. But I didn't. I wasn't surprised. Alden played well. Shaquem looked like the dude that's like, oh, you mean to tell me he can do all of these things? And he's that fast. And we ain't been playing him. What the, what the hell? 
that's the other thing. It's like when your defense is bad, it's like anyone who does play well that's been on the bench, you're like, well, why wasn't he in? Yeah, that, that I mean, now I think he will play because, damn, now Jordan Brooks is hurt too, man. That yeah. sucks. Everyone got hurt today, man. It's pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. I'm pretty sure that was probably why these guys were so down as well. It was just like, dang. Yeah. Not only did we give a bunch of – a bunch of guys are hurt. Like, Lano Hill woke up with a back injury. That can't be good. Jamal was limping all over the place. Quentin Dunbar was limping all over the place. Nico Thorpe wasn't limping, but, like, he's out. So I think that that all was, was part of it. Shout out to those young guys who are being ready when the number's called, especially, like, from the practice squad, man. Like, the practice squad sucks. I put this, like, the practice squad is bad. You do you, you don't make any money. You're like eight Gs a week before taxes. You're doing you're hanging out with all these rich guys. You're banging your head and going watching film and you're away from your family and your girl and your kids and you, you all that just as much as the other guys who are making millions, all to not play. That sucks. And these guys grind guys like Ryan Neal, undrafted dudes, have just been grinding it out like that to get their moment. That is good for them. That is good. But the fact that they had to lean on Ryan in that position is not it's not it's not where you want to be. As we set off wax, it's gonna be very interesting to see the injury status come Wednesday when the when everything comes out on Oh yeah, no. healthy, what it's looking like, how long they might be out. It's gonna be quite interesting. Yeah, and I and if you listen now, I don't have I don't have much updates on the injuries, but I will say that and Pete Carroll, I wouldn't take like his word as bond. Like right after the games, like when he says something is a sprain or the guy got banged up or he got <laughs> twisted or strained, or Pete just Pete just has a bunch of buzzwords that he uses. Unless he says something definitive, like with Damian Lewis, you see he said X rays were negative. That's a lot. That's like more definitive than. And he even said the name of the sprain. I forget like or what part of the ankle it was. Like he got real specific. That's when you should like take his word like at face value. When he just says like yeah nah he uh he got a knee sprain. I don't know what the hell that means. He could be wrong. For one, he could be like, no, 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 Pete, his knee is done for the year. So it's sprained, but he's not coming back. <laughs> it's or, funny because Pete will definitely say that. I'm pre- Someone tweeted me this like, yo, the last time he said sprained, it was an ACL. So, I mean, don't take Pete's word at that. Like when, he, when he's on the uh, Monday morning show on the radio, that one's a little bit more definitive. Or when he does the 3 o'clock on Monday after uh, games, that one's more definitive. After the game, he's just like, he hurt. I don't know. I'll get an update later because that's kind of how it is for him. So, I mean, you think of the injuries too plus the yardage and the points. They give a lot of points. Over 30 a damn game. Are they at over 30? So, what is it? 31 today, 30 against New England. How much did they give against Atlanta? 27? 25, I think. Oh, okay. Math so- serves me wrong. Maybe they were they were probably around twenty eight, twenty seven. Yeah, I mean it's too much. That is it's true. too much. That's the that's the bottom. And I think that is at the at the heart. I mean, even the offensive guys got to know this. Rest of them probably don't care too much. They're like, look, hey, well, we're just gonna score every time. <laughs> Which bless your hearts, that's you the will. Mahomes mentality. We're just gonna go score. Yeah, like matter. there's a moment in there uh, in Pete's press conference today where he was like, uh, when they had the ball down one with four minutes left, there was a split second where he was like. Oh, I mean, hey, a field goal wins it, and then he he looked at another coach and was like, "No, no, no, let's just go score a touchdown." And then I'm sure I'm sure he wasn't thinking about the defense when he said it, but in the back of his head, he had to know, like, man, if we kick this field goal, they're gonna just go down and kick a field goal, and we're gonna lose. <laughs> That's the crazy part. Now, I mean, yeah, that would have been on. I mean, they could definitely milk the clock though. They. <sighs> no, I w- I was. You, you're. No. When they were driving, I was like, this has to be a touchdown. Like, go for it on fourth down. I don't care where the hell you are. I don't care if they had fourth <laughs> down at, like, the 15. 
doesn't matter. Yeah, go for it because either way, you're going to lose. Either way, because like you're you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. Your your defense is gonna give up. They definitely would have gave up a field goal, for sure. Dallas had three timeouts. (laughs) They got in the field goal range when the game ended, didn't they? They they were in field goal range. Yeah. Well, I think that's a little different just because they probably let them because they knew they could only lose on a touchdown. But still, that was just disgustingly, disgustingly bad. Like, Pete knows it. Pete's watching the film right now, not getting no sleep, looking like, Jesus, how the hell we give up this many yards? <laughs> and I don't really know if there's a good answer for how to fix that. I know, I know a lot of people are going to ask about it in these questions, but I don't know if I got good answers, Chris. We'll see. Well, let's get right to it, man. We got a bunch of questions. We want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to ask questions. We appreciate all the love and support. You ready to kick it off, Mike? Uh, yeah, if you if if they have a um, if they have a name before, not that don't read their ads, but if they have like a, a name that you could pronounce before oh, the thing, I got you. Get, yeah, give them first, some love. Got it. Our first question comes from Sam. Injuries are ravaging on an already poor defense. What can the Seahawks actually do to get better? There's really nothing they could do, man. I know that's like more doom and gloom, and you guys are probably wondering what's wrong with me. They just, for real, they, you can't, there's not just some like Ghostbusters hotline for good defenders in September. You just uh, got to play better. Is Mike Dugar available at safety? Oh, uh, yeah, he's good. He's someone someone did ask me in my Q&A after the game. It was like, Mike, you got any friends who could play safety? I said, not very uh, not very well. <laughs> got plenty of friends who could play safety. It doesn't mean they'll be any better than, you know. What's any, out there. Yeah, exactly. Hold up. Before we continue with Twitter questions, we got to pay some bills. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or if you have parents that are just overbearing, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. Yes, I said it right. Instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This NFL season will be different, and Pepsi, mm-hmm, Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Me personally, I'm excited to watch Russ cook. I don't know if you guys have enjoyed it, but for the past three weeks, Russ has been cooking, and I think he's going to continue to do so. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. I bet you that Russell has made an appearance. Now back to Twitter question. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Next up, we got Ryan. Longtime listener. What's up, Ryan? So is Sam, actually, by the way. I'm getting in late, but save me a seat at the table. We got you here. Who was the young buck you were happiest to see make a big play today? Keep killing it. Appreciate the love, Ryan. Uh, Ugo, just because he made me look smart. Nah, yeah, come with someone new, man. Oh, do I? I'm messing with you. Bro. Oh, I'm about to say, <laughs> there's only so many brothers on the field. Uh, yeah, now nah, he's a uh, Ugo. Ugo played well, man. They, they they wasn't catching no balls on him. That's a that's, that's a fact. That's that's your job as a DB. Loving Lockett right now. This is from William. Loving Lockett right now. Has he changed his game at all, or is he just enjoying the fact that everyone, media and opponents, seem focused on stopping DK? Tyler's always been open all the time. Always. Whatever Michael Thomas does with all those targets, like Tyler's capable of doing all that. That may sound like an exaggeration, but Tyler's the only receiver just as efficient as Michael Thomas. Seriously. he's In some regards, he's more efficient. Like Russ and DK over the last two years has been better, or at least more efficient, than... Uh, Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. So it's like, trust me, Lockett's been doing this. He's part of the reason why Let Russ Cook not happening was so criminal because it was holding Lockett back. Lockett's never even sniffed the Pro Bowl. Now he leads the league in touchdown passes right now. Or touchdown receptions. How can they be so good at stopping the run yet get torched every week by passing? Oh well, I mean, yeah. It's like like I said before, they're they're so one dimension. They're making teams one dimensional and can't stop it because they're it's it, it's something new every week. That means you're just bad, right? If one team can get you in the middle field, one team can get you outside the numbers. That means you're just bad. And I think it's it's a it's the pass rush, it's the secondary. I think they were doing way too much blitzing with Jamal, and that sounds crazy because like. No, I'm Jamal's right you, man. good at it, but what that does is then you're trusting your guys on the, on the on the end to make plays. And to be fair, I can see why Ken Norton would do that. I would do that. I would trust Trey to make the bro. Trey had a ball hit him in the chest, <laughs> turned into a 19 yard game for the other team. Like that's just not even. Like, what's Ken Norton supposed to do with that? Like that, that that 50 that 50 yard bomb that Shaq gave up, um, which Shaq will acknowledge is was, was all on him. If you're Ken Norton, you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? I called the play. He's in position. Get burned. Just ran a streak. In. Yeah. It's, Come on. You know, like, yeah, it was just not, nothing new. Fancy about it. Same thing on the trade touchdown. With Ken Norton looking like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed Another to do? Streak. How am I supposed to have a good secondary and good pass rush? And, like, I can't do that without some, some help from the talent. We got two questions from Mike. Michael Scott, that is. Jamal Adams was pretty quiet even before the injury. Was, the, was that a product of... The banged up secondary taking away some freedom, or did Dallas scheme him out of the game well, or is it both? And then also disappointing sack numbers so far. How much of that has to do with the defensive line versus having to play against guys like Cam and Dak back to back? To answer the second one about, I, I think it is tough to tackle Cam and it is tough to tackle Dak, and I'm sure that plays a little bit of a part of it. That mobile quarterbacks are a little harder to tackle. But mobile quarterbacks also take more hits than other quarterbacks. Like look at somebody like Deshaun Watson. Look at Russ. Look at Dak. They do get hit a lot. You just gotta take them to the ground. Like you get paid like they do. Like, and also the dudes hitting them are bigger than them. Well, except for Cam. But like how? Like if you're like an LJ Collar and you get to Dak, like take him down. Like that's what you're supposed to do. As for Jamal, I think he was getting good pressure um, earlier. I, I do. I think a lot of targets weren't really going his way. Which is smart. Like, I mean, I think it is a little bit of scheme stuff, too. Um, but really, I think they were blocking the blitzes really well. They, you could tell they spent the entire week, like, with someone on a yellow jersey, like, hey, you're 33 for the week. 
and if you let anyone touch Dak, we'll kill you. Like that's that you could tell that was Dallas's plan. This is from More Soap. Prediction for Mr. Unlimited touchdown total for the year. Assuming we're just talking passing touchdowns, I would say that I put the over under at this is gonna sound crazy just because he's on a much higher pace, but I would put it at like thirty eight and a half. Sounds reasonable to me. Well, I mean he's on pace for like seventy. Yeah, so I mean <laughs> I get where but you know he's gonna come back down to earth. And that's the other reason why I'm a little doom and gloom, just like Bobby and Shaq and probably some other guys in that locker room that I, that I talked to. Like, they understand that Russ can't just throw five touchdowns every week, right? Like, uh, some games he's just going to have two or whatever. Like, that's just... his arm's feeling. Ah, he's fine. He's oh, fine. All right. Yeah, he's all right. He's unlimited, like a, like more soap set. Now, this one, I can't mm, can't figure... Is it... Is that a li- I guess it's Lino? When you ask us how are we feeling during the game... How do you feel? I'm actually pretty neutral during the game. I'm like Russ. I'm like never too high, never too low. I was a little, there's like a couple times I've been nervous. It's the, I think at the end of the Patriots game, I was a little nervous. That one I was like, dang, it's at the one. Um, And at the end of the Niners game in week 17. Because it wasn't that I was, like, nervous or anything, but when Marshawn came on the field, they're at the one. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like, the most storybook thing ever. And then they had a penalty. That, that was absolutely stupid. So other than other than that, though, I'm, us- I'm usually fine. Like, I'm trained to just be all right. Anthony Green, is Russ flambeing the league sustainable? Yeah, for sure. I think he's still going to lead the league in touchdown passes probably, depending on – I mean – some people are probably listening to this after the Monday night game, so maybe we sound crazy. But, yeah, he could probably throw more than Lamar or Mahomes, probably. Another familiar name, Mr. Collins, what is up? What percentage chance you give for the following players to be playing for the Seahawks next week against Miami? All right, Mike, we got Snacks Harrison. What's your percentage on him? Clay Matthews, Michael Bennett, and Earl Thomas. Go ahead. Snacks, about 75%. Clay Matthews, about 5%. Michael Bennett, 0 And Earl, like, 0.009. <laughs> it was weird. I got a lot of Earl Thomas questions after the game. They didn't lose Quandra. They lost Jamal. It's two different positions. Um, if anything, they'd be calling... No, I can't even think. Like, that's... Yeah, I don't even know how, what they would do. Like, maybe make Quandra the strong safety? I don't know. Maybe make Earl the strong safety? I'm not really sure... How that would work? I mean, you could, depending on how Jamal, how hurt Jamal is, you'd have to, you'd have to see. But no, I don't, I don't think they call Earl for that. Shoot, the Cowboys need Earl. <laughs> their, yeah. sa- their safeties are bad. This is from Kong. Was anybody else expecting letting Russ cook would alleviate the heart attack inducing fourth quarters? Also, is it just me, or have we not been using the tight ends a lot in the passing game? Yeah, the tight end usage has dropped, I think. I'd have to check the official numbers on it, but I- I'm with you on that. I thought Will Disley would be way more involved, and he's not, which is just weird. I think he should I thought he should be used more. Shoot, Jacob Hollister's already got a touchdown and Greg Olson. And and Will Will does not. That's that's a little weird. What was the first part of that question? It was Oh, about let Russ Cook uh alleviating the heart attack. No, why were you why would anyone think that? <laughs> this one's from Peter. Is it a scheme change that putting Shaq and Trey in one-on-one coverage more often, 
or is it something else? Seems like they are being left out to dry and I'm used to them having more safety help. No, I see. And that's one of those things that's a product of um, just being only watching the game on TV. When I got the bird's eye view, I can see the coverage is better and who is like in what. No, they're, they're, they're blitzing a little bit more, like I said, but you don't have to man blitz all the time. You can zone blitz. Like it's not anything that's any different in the scheme they're playing their scheme the scheme is just not working because the talent's not delivering that that that's been the issue so yeah no they're they're left one-on-one about as often as they usually are problem is they're just getting getting burnt this one's from alexandria my question is is there anything i can personally do to improve the defense is there a gofundme i can donate to do i give up my firstborn child anything um, I'm sure. I don't know where they put your kid. Maybe they put it in VMAC or somewhere. Uh, no, I mean, I feel you, Alex. Like, that's just, I know it feels like there's there has to be something someone can do. But, I mean, I think it's got to accept this as the new normal. Just as we accept that the new normal is Russ slinging it, we have to accept the other new normal is the defense giving up yards and points. Like, just acknowledge it. That this is, once you accept it and get yourself ready mentally, it'll be okay. But if you expect no stress, and blowouts, no. That's probably the biggest difference between this team and a team like the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs probably blew more teams out than the Seahawks are going to. The Seahawks should blow some teams out. Like Washington, they should blow out. Um, Giants. Giants, Jets. Giants. Like, they should blow the Eagles, Viking, Vikings. Like, there's some teams they should see, blow uh, out. See, six and a half? They've been, they should. <laughs> they've blown double-digit <laughs> leads in the second half of the last two games. Like, did, they should blow those teams out. They should have blown Dallas out. Should have. This one's from Ken Henderson. How can they get D-line help in season? For the hit on Carson, what is the process to ask for suspension if the Hawks wanted to pursue it? And what will that drop TD plus winning touchdown in the same game for DK do for DK Metcalf this season confidence-wise? Uh, as for the D-line, there's just not help you can get. There's, there's not just a bunch a bucket of pass rushers on the block. You can just go sign. Like someone has to get traded for or cut or whatever, and it's just this is it, guys. This is this is who it's gonna be. That's not the answer. This is it. There's no new guys come in. It's gonna change the world. There may be new guys come in, but they ain't about to just turn this guys into the you know the Steelers pass rush, which is the best like in the league by far. Um, as for the play on Chris, I'm disappointed in some of the Seahawks, man. If, I'm surprised nobody didn't go swing on number 72 for Dallas. The way he maybe they didn't see the replay. Because the way he twisted Chris's leg, that was dirty as hell. I've seen plays like that. That's dirty as hell. You know when to let go of the dude's leg. And now who knows how long Chris Carson's going to be out. Because what's his doing? Tristan Hill? I would never say this to Tristan face because Tristan's a defensive tackle and I'm not stupid. But, like, that was a dirty play. Do I know if Tristan's a dirty player? No, I do not know that. I just learned that dude's name today. <laughs> Looking it up after he twisted Chris's leg. But I thought for sure someone was going to go G-check him because... That and he headbutted Russ in the next drive after that, or maybe the same drive. I don't know, but that was inexcusable. As for the process, um, all Pete Carroll has to do is submit the play to the league for review. There's no guarantee that they do anything about it. That's just what he does. If Chris, I hope Chris is not out for the year, but if Chris were to be, it would probably bode well for their like chances of getting some type of discipline. Because it's like, dude, you took a dude out for the year on a dirty play, like. That that's a problem, um, and I don't think DK's confidence is ever shook, man. 
he's a rapper now. He didn't beat Stefan Gilmore. Like he, his confidence is sky high. His his confidence is the reason uh he was holding the ball like to T- O. That's that's the confidence is maybe it needs to come down a notch because the confidence is why he fumbled the ball at the back of the end zone, which is a stupid rule. Chris, have we talked about that on the show? I saw your tweet and I it's disagree, a, it's, but I feel you. What? How, why, you? why would you get the ball when the offense fumbled it? You shouldn't. You should be punished for fumbling. You don't just be like, okay, you fumbled out the end zone, you get at the one. That that doesn't make any sense to me. No, you should. It's not at the one where you fumbled it. Well, in that situation, fumble out of the end zone, so it'd be on the one. Well, let's say you fumbled at the ten and it flies into the back of the end zone. You shouldn't. Why does the defense get the ball? They didn't recover it. My question is, how the hell does it fly that far into the end well, zone? Well, let's just say it does. Let's say someone it, it gets punched and it goes out the back of the end zone. Someone's got to recover it. No, it's the same thing as if, like, let's say DK runs with the ball and fumbles it out of bounds at the fifteen. The defense doesn't just get the ball. Yeah, but it's out of the end zone. That's a different. That's I don't know why the end zone is being treated differently. The defense didn't do anything to deserve getting the ball. He punched it out. Actually, he did. Yeah, but you have to recover it. I like that rule. I think. It, I mean, that just you have to secure the touchdown. You can't just do 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 do. Oh, because that's the case. Every time someone runs the end zone, they're just they're, there's no point even punching it out now because if you punch it out and it goes in the back of the end zone, no, you get it. There is incentive to punch it out because you can recover it. Yes, you can. Like you can recover the ball, and they don't score. Like let's say, let's say it's a fourth down, and you punch it out. Okay, well now you now you get the ball. If we punch the ball out and it rolls to the back of the end zone, there's no reason that the defense should be rewarded a touchdown or uh, excuse me, the possession when that's never the case anywhere else on the field. If you don't recover it, there has to be a recovery to give the ball to the defense. I just like the fact that it's the end zone. You're about to score. If you get lapsed days ago with the football and they punch it out and it goes through the back of the end zone, you should be penalized. There's no... The penalty is you not scoring. They didn't score and they lose the ball. That is heavy because now if you're saying they lose the ball, it goes out the end zone and they get the ball back, well, then what did I do all that work for? I might as well just let them score. No, 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 no. You shouldn't. You should always want to punch the ball out because you can still get it. You're not punching it out to make sure it goes in the back of the end zone. You're just punching it out. What happens yeah. to it is random. Yeah. It's a it's a weird-shaped ball. It bounces. I really don't understand the league's view that the defense cannot recover the ball and get the ball. I like it. That is it. When the whole the whole rest of the game gives the offense a benefit of the doubt. Like, if, a, if let's say, Russell drops the ball on the ground and no one picks it up, whistle doesn't blow for a long time they're going to review it say it was a fumble and say there was no clear recovery by the defense so it's still the seahawks ball that's just how it works everywhere and then it gets in the end zone it's like no we're gonna just that's a turnover now it doesn't make any sense it's, it's, I love it. it's a dumb rule. it was dumb when it when earl chopped it out of benny cunningham's hands it was dumb when earl chopped it out of todd Gurley's hands it was dumb when uh kj batted the ball out of the back of the end zone uh against megatron in 2016 it's been a dumb rule the whole time not just now. It's always been. I've always thought that. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, anyway, next question. This is from Jamar. Is Shaquille Griffin hurt? Gallup boat raced him on that sideline route in the fourth. Not sure if he just waited too long to run with him. Yeah, I think he just played that poorly, man. I think he caught caught sleeping. I think he, got, he had the pick. They had a lead. And he, he just got caught sleep, sleeping and then was like, oh, I can, I can use my speed. And then it doesn't work. The Cowboys receivers are good, man. Like... You can't just mess around with these guys. And I think Shaquille got caught sleeping. I don't think he's hurt. I think he's fine. This one's from Gary Newton. Shouldn't the defense get a little credit for two turnovers that led to points? I know they struggled, but they did a couple of nice things against a talented offense. 
No, yeah, Gary, Gary's right. They get a little credit. Like, okay, let's say there's a big credit pie. They get like 2% credit because they're just getting gashed. Like, eventually, the reason that Pete Carroll doesn't like throwing it a bunch is because of the fact that if you throw a lot, bad things can happen. But you'll get some strips, you'll get some uh, interceptions, and that's eventually what they got. Uh, so, I mean, eventually those things are going to happen. But, yeah, no, I don't. Like, 98% of the stuff is concerning. Those were those were two good, really good plays. They were. But it wasn't enough. Well, I mean, so it was. They won. But it wasn't enough to make me feel any more optimistic. With so many clutch plays from the guys all brought up from the inactive list, what future involvement can we expect from Griffin, Robertson, Ryan Neal? Um, well, uh, Robinson wasn't – I mean, he'll he'll continue to play. Alden wasn't on the practice squad like, like Shaquem and Ryan were. He just wasn't active, but he wasn't on the practice squad. There's a big difference there. Um, with Shaquem and Ryan, they go back to the practice squad Monday morning or whatever. It's what I think will probably happen is there'll be some of the guys that get protected during the week. There's that new rule where you can protect four dudes that no one can sign them from your practice squad. And depending on the injuries elsewhere, like if Leno is hurt long-term, Ryan will probably get reactivated. And if um, – who else got hurt? Jordan Brooks. If Jordan Brooks is hurt, we need another strong side linebacker. So you probably call Shaquem up. So, But I think if the other guys are healthy, they'll probably go back to the practice squad and then maybe come back up again. Uh, it, it just depends. The injuries are what got them called up. But maybe since they played well, they have another, another shot at it. This one's from Omar Torres. Should the Seahawks bring Chris Rashard back? on the staff either as cornerback coach or defensive coordinator man i saw chris richard in indianapolis i forget what year it was he had already been fired i seen him i was like dude how did you get canned after you stopped the number one offense in the league twice and held them to 10 points they was averaging 30 you held them to 10 and then you got canned and you lost sherm and you lost cam what uh, now his response isn't isn't important, but mostly because I don't remember it in full enough to quote it. But I just remember thinking they shouldn't have fired that dude. Um, now they're not gonna bring him back, but they shouldn't have fired him. He wasn't he wasn't the problem. This one's from Chris Hamilton. How much of the Seahawks' success with and against the pass can be attributed to their opponent's strength slash weaknesses thus far? No, nah, they're just bad. I mean, Chris, I know where you're going with that, but they're it. Cam's strength is not throwing a Dimit- whatever bird. Cam's strength is not throwing 169 yards or whatever to Julian Edelman. Like, that's not their strength. Like, Matt Ryan's good, but his strength ain't Russell Gage getting 100 yards, right? Like, that's they just, they're just getting carved up. It doesn't matter what the other team's doing, whether they're a run team or a pass team or a, they're running the veer or the air raid or the wishbone, wing tee. No, everyone's throwing for yards on the Seahawks right now, and that's a problem. With two players added to the roster from the practice squad, how do you reset the practice squad? Yeah, so, okay, so what happens is two guys can get called up each week, right? And they have to get sent back down after the game without hitting the waiver wire, which is the important part there. So no one can claim Shaquem right now. No one can claim Ryan Neal. Next week, you can do the same thing. No one can claim them. After you do that with a guy twice, every other time you put him back down to the practice squad, another team can can claim him. So... What you'll probably see is they do play well. One, you'll probably see them get protected so that no one can sign them this week. And then you'll probably see them go back down again, um, uh, depending on the injuries. And if they get, and if there's the injuries are long-term or they're playing really, really well, what will happen is probably someone will probably have to get get cut. 
to bring those guys up. But I don't I don't really see that happening. I don't. This one's from Jason. Is it time to get rid of the strength and conditioning coach after all these injuries? No, man. The whole league is hurt. Are you going to get rid of every strength coach? The whole league is having injuries, man. This one's from Eric. Is the secondary really bad, or is it because the starters haven't really played a game together yet? Yes. <laughs> this one's from Brody. Where has Alton Robinson been all my life? Also, what the hell is up with the with the, all these injuries, man? I don't know what's up with the injuries. It's just a league-wide thing, man. It's not even a Seahawks thing. Like, guys are dropping like... I mean, the Niners are just... Good God. They are just... Dude. It's a it's a dude tearing something. They're pulling something. They're spraining something every week. Like, be happy that the team has who it has still right now. Honestly. Because... Jesus, they're dropping like flies everywhere. It's not just Seattle. I don't know if it's the turf or there's no preseason or what, uh, but, man, all these knees and ankles, like, all these sprains and stuff, I don't really know if that's, like, a turf thing. Like, if there was some more, like, muscle stuff and tendon stuff, then maybe, but I'm just not seeing it. It just looks like football hurts, and that's just kind of what it is. This one's from Alec. Why in the world was Alden Robinson not active in the first two games? We need to get that man more reps. Uh, sometimes Pete's just out outsmarting himself, man. Alton's going to play. Alton can ball. How pissed is Pete about the defense, and what is he going to do about it? <laughs> Pete's probably real pissed. He ain't going to do nothing, though. Like, what's he, he going to do? <laughs> Who's he going to sign? No, he's not going to sign Earl. Anybody else even out there? Ain't nobody out there, man. You just got to roll with what it is. Blitz a lot and pray. That's what he's going to do. That's the answer. Blitz a lot and pray. This one's from Zach's. Is the poor pass coverage a symptom of our pass rush or coaching? Yes. This runs <laughs> It's all of this stuff, guys. It's all of it. These are good questions, though. Jeremiah, is Shaquem Griffin the best pass rusher on the roster? No, man. Dude doesn't even have a sack. I like Shaquem, but come on, man. Jamal's at least got two of them. Shoot, it's probably Jamal. <laughs> this from is from Michael. Has any 3-0 team in history sucked more at rushing the passer? Um, I think the pressure numbers are still like good. I really do. I don't. I I just think the back end guys are not delivering. It's like the complete opposite of what I thought. Like yeah, the pass rush isn't getting home like it maybe should, but even then, the back end guys are not capitalizing on the pressure in the way that I thought they would. Like they're just giving up stuff I never thought they would. This one is from Eric. Will Russ be? To the single season touchdown record, what Barry Bonds was to the home run record. I've got him 60, I got him over 60 touchdowns this year and doing that multiple times before anybody else does it once. Hashtag beer talking, hashtag press box shoddy. Uh, there's, I don't think Russ throws for 60 touchdowns this year. Like, guys, come on, come on. He's good, but he ain't, I don't know, 60's a lot. Um, Babe Ruth doesn't. Oh, you said Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds has a home run, a home run record. Um, no, I don't think Russ is going to hit that stratosphere. Man, that's a lot of touchdowns that Russ would have to throw. I mean, he could. He's going to have to at this rate, but no, I don't think so. What does Pete do about the D line, in your opinion? Do they keep the guys they have or do they trade, sign someone different? What would you do? Blitz a lot and pray. That's all you can do. You really just can't. COVID makes it too hard to sign guys. 
Like, you have to bring a dude in. He has to pass a test. They pass another test and wait and pass another test. By then, you're on the field already. So, you can't just sign guys. It's not a ton of guys out there. If there was, they wouldn't. If they were any good, they'd be on a team. There just ain't that many good players out there. And they don't have anything to trade anybody for. They have to trade, like, a 2022 draft pick. Like, you, you can't do that right now. You just got to you gotta trust the guys you got. I think the pressure numbers are still going to be pretty solid. Guys got to finish some of these tackles. So, yeah, they're not going to – I don't think they're going to do anything. I don't – I think they're just going to have a bad defense. Uh, They're going to have a a bad D-line in terms of pressure. That's what I think. And my apologies to Eric and Chris that just asked those previous questions. forgot to mention y'all names, but I got you there. Last question comes from Scott. Do you think the defense needs fixing – after they gave, after they give more plays when they have a big lead, giving up more plays when they have a big lead. Yeah, it definitely needs fixing. But I really don't know. It's not you, defense is only you can only scheme up so much in defense. You eventually your personnel just has to deliver. We gave some examples today. If Ken Norton calls a man coverage and one of his corners gives up a forty-yard bomb over his head, what is Ken supposed to do? Hmm. He's already sending pressure. And in some cases, he'd be giving help over the top. Like he, there's only so much he can he can do, man. He, guys, has got to deliver. Like I think there's some schematic things you can do. Maybe, uh, actually, no, there's really not. There's really not. There's not a ton. I mean, I can get into some in, uh, intricacies maybe, but after after a while, your dude just got to win. They got to beat the dude in front of him. That's all Alton Robinson did on that sack. If you go watch it, it's an undrafted dude named something Knight. I can't remember his name right now. Alton just pushes that dude away and tackles Dak. That's what you got to do. That's not no scheme. That is, I'm better than you, go. They don't have enough dudes to be like, I'm better than you, go. Consistently. That's why they're giving up a gazillion yards a game. We want to thank everyone out there for asking Twitter questions. We appreciate all the love and support. But before we get out of here, Mike, we got to touch on one key thing, and that's social justice. What's been going on with the Seahawks? What have you seen nationally? What you got for us, man? Yeah, I think this was a really important um, team meeting that they had on Thursday night when they had one of their, um, I forget the guy's name, I forget his title, but his name is Ed, and it seems like it's Ed's job to keep everyone socially aware. That's kind of what his uh, role seems to be. And one of the things he talked about was the Breonna Taylor ruling, uh, where they basically charged the uh, one officer was shooting the walls of the neighbor's house, not even shooting a black woman in her own crib. Um, and they talked about the imp- how those things, how those rulings come into place. Obviously, they know that it sucks that it happens. And then they were kind of being solution based, to my knowledge, and had Ed talk about, OK, look, we're here. We need everyone to vote. OK, but who do you vote for? Right. Like who who's running that agrees with how you rock. Right. If you it, a lot of these things are problems locally more than they are like a national thing. I got whatever the rules were in Kentucky or wherever she was at in Kentucky. Like the system was in place to make sure the officers can do stupid stuff like that and get away with it. Like when you saw those everyone uh, who was like, oh, yeah, I wasn't surprised by the ruling. Like Bobby Wagner said he wasn't surprised. Um, I think Jamal Adams said it wasn't even surprising that Brianna just got no justice because they know the system is the problem. And how do you correct it? Well, there's a few ways could just burn it all down but i can see why I got into, that's just not practical um the practical way to fix the system is to vote it out that's just kind of the way but how do you vote it out you got to figure out who locally rocks with how you want things to change 
right? You need you need to know who's who, who's running for what, on what platform, where you should direct your attention. Because, I mean, it's one thing to put vote on your T-shirt. You know how they're wearing the vote stuff? Like, it's one thing to do that. Okay, but when you get there, who whose box do you even check to get what you want? How do you know this person is running for what you want? How do you know this person believes what you believe in terms of police brutality and police accountability and all those things? And, and that's for whatever law you want, for the tax breaks or... Um, some healthcare stuff, whatever you gotta be informed, and I think they're in a stage where the Seahawks are in a tricky spot because they don't want to tell anyone who to vote for. They just gotta present the information, like, "Hey, we know we got a lot of guys who feel like this, and here's so and so. If y'all, that's where you're at. We got a lot of people who feel like this, and here's so and so where you're at. And I know that's not like they're not saving the world in their locker room, and I'm not gonna ask them to. I think a lot of owners still being quiet, <clears throat> looking at you, Jody Allen. Uh, I think a lot of owners being quiet is still the problem uh, on some of this stuff. But I think it's important that not just for me and Chris, for everyone to be talking about, you know, researching who in your area is running for stuff that, like, you rock with that's going to get some actual change. Because we can talk about it, we're blue in the face up here, but then we got to go deliver. But it's not just saying go deliver, we got to know. Now, do I know off the top of my head? No, I do not. Like, I'm in the same boat as some of the players. Chris, I don't know if you are too, just in terms of, like, I, I know what I want to change, but, like, being able to rattle off, like, okay, yeah, that means get so-and-so this, and then vote yes to this, and, and no to this, and yes to that. That's a lot of stuff. That's why they give you a whole damn book for it. You know, you get one in the mail, you know. Um, and I think it's important that that's a I'm probably gonna write about that this week, that that's kind of where they're at. Cause that's where we all need to be, especially a lot of black people, because I think we're in a demographic that doesn't vote very much. I f like ages like 18 to probably like 30 something black kids. We just don't vote. Uh, so and then when we do want to, we don't know who the hell to vote for. Uh, even you see that strip club ad when they um, tell them to vote. Down in Atlanta. Yeah, yep. yeah, it's the same. It's it's a concept. Yeah, they're trying to put the medicine in the candy, like because that's we the, we they know who they're targeting. We're not informed enough, um, so we don't go get the action. So I, I applaud the Seahawks for taking that step, um, and making it known that that's the step. I think Pete Carroll told us that because we all need to be like that. I don't know how many of our listeners is in that like eighteen or whatever group, um, but even if you're not. Make sure you're using your voice, too. White people will be asking me all the time, how can I help? How can I help? Calling out racism is a big one. Um, and the other one is, like, voting it out, too. Well, there it is. We want to thank you guys for listening to the Seahawks Man and Man podcast. We appreciate all your love and support. Anything you want to add, Mike, before we shake? No, nah, man. Vote racism out, man. That's the that's the main thing, too. Unless we're ready to burn it down. I don't think anybody ready for that. That's a little aggressive. I understand. I understand. We will catch you guys with a preview of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, we're going to have my dog on the show. We'll have that coming up later this week. Other than that, we out. You see, I don't have to drive me. If you say that for your mama, maybe you should smoke some